As many of you know, here only believe we have a nursing home ministry. This year, we were thinking maybe we could bless the residents with Christmas cards. Um, a way that we can do this is to get your whole family involved. You can make, uh, make cards, you can buy cards. We really don't care how you do it. Just be sure to include Jesus. What you're gonna do is you're gonna fill those out and you're gonna drop them off at the Welcome Center. And if you have any questions, contact me or John and Marie Hall. All right, good morning, church family. Do me a favor, look around and just wave at somebody and smile at them. Just be like, hi, you. I'm so glad you're here today. We are glad you are here with us this morning. We're happy for the live streamers. If you've joined us on live stream, we want to welcome you to today's service. We believe you're going to be blessed by the message, by the worship, by the ministry time. God's going to show up. He's going to be present, and it's going to be an amazing an amazing day. So uh, as you saw, we are still collecting cards. I believe the number I was told was we still need about 200 Christmas cards to be able to get a Christmas card to everyone in the nursing home facility. So if you and your family would like to do that, we would greatly appreciate it. You can grab materials out in the lobby, and then you can drop them off here, and we'll take care of it. So thank you so much for doing that, church. Now, before we get into worship today, I want to encourage you guys a little bit. We're coming up to Christmas. Thanksgiving is over. And I hope that you had a good Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because I love to eat. And this year I gained a pound and a half. So I'm proud of myself for not overindulging. But uh, we're coming up to Christmas. And I was thinking this morning about how the Christian faith in a way can be described as always looking forward to what's coming. We go all the way back to Genesis and God makes the devil a promise. I love this. Like, did you ever think about the fact that God made the devil a promise? We've got a lot of promises, but he made a promise to the devil, and that promise was that there would be a seed of the woman who would one day crush his head. We fast forward to Isaiah 
chapter 9. I'm going to read it to you because I love this. Isaiah, looking forward to this Savior, he says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoiced at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us... A child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah is looking forward to a Savior, and we come to Christmas, and we celebrate that this Son has been given to us, but we're not done. We're still looking forward, because after Christmas, there's a crucifixion and a resurrection, and we're still not done looking forward, because He's coming back again. So every Christmas, we celebrate the Savior that we're looking for. If you're here today looking for something... I promise you what you're looking for is this Savior, and his name is Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. We find hope and joy and life in our Savior. Let's celebrate this morning with a brand new song wrote by your church band. Let's worship Jesus this morning.
Now is not the time to run back. Now is not the time to be cower in a corner. Now is the time to take back the enemy's camp. You ask, I don't know how. Did I not give wisdom to Solomon? Did I not give discernment to Elijah and Elisha? That same discernment that I gave to them, I give to, have given it to you through my son. Do not run back. Run to the enemy's camp. You have not because you ask not. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Better than you, there's nothing. Better than you, oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Come on, let's sing this out this morning.
which the enemy meant to keep dead in your life, God can resurrect with new power and new life. Amen. That which the enemy meant for evil, God will spin around and change it for your good because he turns our graves into gardens. Amen. Only believe you are a family. We are a family who trusts in God, a family who believes in the written word of God. We are a family that lives by faith. We walk by faith. We love by faith. We care about others. We rescue others. Christ gave his life for us. Now we give our lives for others. Hallelujah. It's offering time at Only Believe, and it's a time where we get to give. But today we start a series called, And He Shall Be Called, Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful. That word wonderful meant incomprehensible. Now you say, Nicole, I don't understand. What are we talking about? I want to tell you about something that was incomprehensible in the word today. It's a story of Jesus and the disciples. And he was walking and a crowd came. And he began to share the word with this crowd. But after preaching all day and into the night, the disciples thought, these people are hungry. Like you should let them go, preacher, like it's past noon. You've been talking way too long. Let them go get something to eat and maybe they'll come back for tomorrow's service. Just kidding, that was a little bit of today's world. But really, they did say, he said, disciples, let's let, let Jesus, let's let him go get some eat. It's almost nighttime, and they need to make a journey because we're in the desert. So let's let him go to the town and get some food. And he said, hmm. no, what do you have? Bring to me what you have. And one of the disciples had seen a young boy who had five loaves of bread and two fishes. So he went and he got him and he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus held him up, he gave thanks for him, and he blessed him, and he gave him back to the disciples to pass out. And we know that it said there were at least 5,000 men. It's not noted how many children or women were present as well. I can tell you that women and children outdo men all day long. For every family in the church, for a husband and wife, there's 2.5 children that come with you. And for some of us, there's five or six, and you make up for the ones that didn't have any, and that's okay. Or some of us, there's nine or eight, however many. We got the Mitchell family here and the Burden family. My point is, as the disciples began to break that bread in those fishes and pass it all out, something miraculous happened. Something that was incomprehensible from man's idea. It fed all 5,000, five fishes and five loaves and two fishes. See, in today's world, we say, oh, Sharon, that's a wonderful outfit you have on. Oh, that's wonderful. That really happened to you? He shall be called wonderful. Something so great, something so grand that you can't comprehend who he is. See, we serve a God of the miraculous. So you say, how does this have to do and what does it have to do with my money? What I'm telling you is tithing is miraculous. 
Tithing is incomprehensible. It's unbelievable because, see, the world says that when you get 100%, you try to get more, 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 more. God says, give me 10% of your 100 that you make, and I'll give you more. I'll bless you. Malachi 3.10 says, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour, not sprinkle, pour out a blessing that you cannot contain if you bring the tithes into the storehouse. That's incomprehensible. The world's way is not God's way. God's way is wonderful. And that's why he shall be called wonderful counselor, including in the midst of our money, including in the midst of our need, including in the midst of the seed that we shall sow today. Wonderful, because he does incomprehensible things to the human eye. Do you believe God's miraculous? Then if we truly believe that that's who he is, then we trust in his word and we act and obey. That's what we do. Amen. So prepare your tithes and offerings. We're going to pray. And I want to remind you today, there's three ways you can give. You can text to give. You can give online. And you can also give by check or by credit card. And there's an envelope in the front seat next to you or in front of you. And we're going to bring out the buckets. And if you want to give to missions around the world to change the world and to win souls for Jesus in other countries, there's a globe here in the middle. That's not for your tithe, but that is for mission specifically. You can drop that in there, okay? Let's pray. Father, we come before you today, and Lord, we thank you. Wonderful counselor, God, that you sent your son Jesus. Father, that these are not things that you do, but these are things that you are. You are incomprehensible. And Father, we believe in you, we put our faith in you, and we trust in you, Father. And that's why we bring our tithes into the storehouse today. And we thank you, Lord, that that which you wrote in your word is true, and it will not return void. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Bring your tithes and offerings and only believe, and we're going to get into the word. God, hallelujah. 
Amen. I'm awake and the devil is in trouble. Hallelujah. Now, Nikki kind of gave you the uh, title of next week's message. Huh? Yeah, so I'm right and she's wrong. So I I wanted to uh, follow up today with a a thing that we call praise. And uh, what we should do with it, why we should use it, and the power of it. The power of it. And uh, there are, sometimes we get words mixed up and we just throw them all in one basket. Like uh, in-laws in trouble. They're, they're not always that way. If they're not around you, they're a blessing. But if they get around you, then they become trouble. So uh, it is kind of like that with worship. We have thought that worship is just the tempo of the music. We thought that worship was something that was slow, something that was personal. But I want to talk to you about praise today, but I also want to kind of define what worship is just so that we can have a better understanding of our life and of how we express our worship to God. Worship is a believer's service to God out of heart and lifestyle. Now let me say this again. Worship is service to God out of our heart and our lifestyle. And we could have Romans 1, 9 on the uh, screen. We're going to, this is just going to take a couple minutes and then we'll get into praise. It says this, For my God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. That word serve there is the word worship. And it says, of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. And then in uh, Romans 1.25 it says this, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Notice that worship and serve are combined. And it came from their heart and it expressed itself in their lifestyle. Who is blessed forever? Amen. So when people, whatever they worship, you will see that they will serve that. They will devote their time, their energies, and so forth to that issue. And so worship simply has to do with our service as well as our lifestyle to God. And so... Uh, all worship is to be directed to God, of course that. That means that we are to bow to submit as well as respect God's wishes above our own. And one more scripture that has to do with that, if you go to Acts 24, 14 through 16. Acts 24, 
14 through 16. Worship comes from the heart and is a reflection or an expression of one's personal relationship with God. And it says, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. Notice that Paul changes from serving God in the law to serving God by faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, he serves God. In other words, he has his lifestyle now created around the lordship of Jesus Christ. And he says, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope towards God which they themselves also allow that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Next verse. And herein do I exercise myself to always have a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. So Paul speaks about his worship as being a place of service and a place of where he walks the life of the way or the life defined by Jesus Christ. And so that's what worship is. It is service and it is a lifestyle unto God. Amen? All right. Now, worship is, as I said, from the heart and is a direct reflection of our expression or a reflection or expression of one's personal relationship with God. Unless one sees who God is and sees what he has done, their lips will never give him praise. And sometimes we lose sight of who God is in the dark hours of our life, of the afflictions of our soul, of the hardships that we go through. And sometimes we lose sight of who God is and what God has done or has promised to do. Therefore, praise is easily upset. And when it is upset, then you and I lose the ability to express who God is and what God has said in our life. Now, praise certainly has to do with worship, but it is not in itself worship at all. Worship requires and demands service to God some way and a place where we live our life that is, in, that is pleasing to God. Amen? All right, now let's go to Psalms 23.1. Remember, we're talking about praise today. Praise is certainly a part of our life. It is a part of our lifestyle, and it is a part of our service unto the Lord. Praise is comely to the righteous, and it is good for the upright. Notice what David says. The Lord is my shepherd. Who is God? 
David is identifying who God is. David is recognizing that God is his shepherd. That's why you and I need to make sure that we have a revelation. Somebody say a revelation. And that revelation doesn't come from everybody else. It comes from the scriptures. That as we read it, the Holy Ghost himself opens our eyes and reveals to us who God is to you and I personally. Amen? That is the root and the strength of praise. If we get in our heart who God is, then we know what God will do. When Abraham saw the ram caught in the bushes, he said, this is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Never again would Abraham or any of his descendants ever have to wonder, will God provide? Yes, he will provide. He proved it 12,500 times raining manna down from heaven in a desert. He proved it time and time again, having water come out of the rock. So these were expressions that God revealed who he was to Israel. Therefore, we know that it was one of the bases of praise in people's life. And if you don't know who God is, please go to the scriptures and find out. You can get a book to help direct you, but the book in itself will never take the place of the voice of the living God. Amen. Find it for yourself because the treasure found is worth its weight in life. And it says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. David defines who God is and he defines what God will do. He will provide. I shall not want. Somebody say that. I will not want. If the Lord is your shepherd, then you never have a fear of wanting anything because God himself will provide for you. And then he says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That means that is a present moment statement, but it is a futuristic moment also. In other words, God leads me beside still waters every day, and tomorrow I know that he will lead me into those green pastures again. Could I get an amen? Therefore, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. Why? Because we have discovered not only who God is, not only what God will do, but what God will do for us in our present moment and in our futuristic walking with God. And David says this, and he'll make, uh, make me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. In other words, there may be times when we are broken. There may be times when we are discouraged, distraught, downcast, confused. It seems like we have nothing to hold on to. 
but there is coming a day. There is coming a day. Don't let go of who you discovered God was because there is coming a day. Somebody say there's coming a day. And God is going to restore, rebuild, strengthen, renew, refurbish, and refortify your soul. And that old thing that the enemy came in to destroy becomes the ashes that God raises up a new man out of. So we need to realize that there is coming a day, no matter what it looks like for the adversary, from the adversary, it is coming a day that God will restore our soul. And no matter how many times the devil takes us to the bottom or to the bleak of hopelessness, God, God, God always restores the soul of the righteous. Amen. Now it may take longer than you think, but never doubt that it's going to happen. Never doubt that it's going to happen. You think of Joseph thrown in a pit, obeying his father. Think of Joseph accused of fornicating with a man's wife. Think of Joseph's life from one pit to another pit to another pit. But one day God restored the Joseph of his father. And God will restore you and I. He leadeth me into the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Don't think that God has went anywhere. He's been preparing a table for you. And it's right there in the midst of your battle. And it is the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the passion of God, the caring of God, the love of God, all those things that make you and I fortified in God are on that table. Memories of things that he said yesterday, dreams of tomorrow, they are all on the table. And he does it in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And in the end, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David gives praise to God in the midst of a circumstance that he can't see anything, but what he does is remembers who God was in the past and what he has done in the past and by the names of God and what God has done for David, he begins to thank the Lord. He is my shepherd. I will not. 
praise is to be directed towards God. It is born out of revelations of who God is and what God has done for you and I. And it is those things that root our praise in God. Psalm 717 says it this way. He says, I will praise the name of the Lord according to his righteousness, his faithfulness, his unchangeableness, his unmovableness. What God said would happen will happen. He is a righteous God. And I will sing praise unto the name of the Lord most high. Why does David do that? Because he knows who God is and what God has declared to do. Remember when he stood in the face of Goliath and said, listen to me, you come with me with sword and shield and spear. I just come to you in the name of the Lord. I just come to you in the name of God, the God that said his enemies are my enemies, my enemies are his enemies, and know this before the sun goes down, you will have lost your head and God will have freed his people. We need to keep those things in mind. Amen? Psalms 20 and verse 1, David makes this statement. It says that the Lord heareth thee in the day of trouble. The name of the Lord of Jacob will defend thee. In other words, God hears our cry. What is the cry? Oh, God, help me. I'm going under. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. No. The cry of faith is praise. Praise is a language of faith. It is one of the languages that you and I are to use. It expresses what we believe, what we are convinced of, and what we know to be true no matter what course of action we are going through right now. And we need to praise God because the Lord will defend us. He will defend us, but he needs to hear something from the sanctuary of our heart. The Bible says in Psalms 20, verse 5, that when we begin to cry out from the sanctuary of our life, the place of our relationship with God, when we begin to praise him, then God hears from heaven and sends strength that man cannot defeat. It couldn't be that you and I are missing out on lots of things that God has for us in heaven because we have lost our praise, because we have become silent. Praise not only roots us, deepens us, and causes us to be unshakable. You know, when you're singing a song, you ever notice how it begins to captivate your mind? And no matter where you're going, no matter what you're doing, you're in a meeting, maybe worth $10 million, and 
you're singing that song. You ever done that on an elevator? You know, it just gets in your head. And all you do is think about the song. You aren't interested in anything else. Do you know that's kind of how praise does? It begins to come up out of the sanctuaries of your relationship with God and you begin to hear yourself. And you begin to get numb to everything that is going on around you and you begin to rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. The Bible says that we are to labor, Hebrews 4, 1 through 4. We are to labor to enter into the rest of God. And one of the things we need to do is get a hold of our self and feast off of what God has laid on the table for our life. Think back how many times you've been through struggles. You thought you were forsaken, but you were wrong. You look back now and see the working of God, where mercy and goodness were there, where the re restoration of your soul was there, where there was a table for you to feast on in the midst of your enemies. Though it looked like all was lost, nothing was lost and more was to be found. You've been there a hundred times, yet sometimes we forget that our circumstances are not defining the outcome of the working of God. Could it get an amen? It doesn't matter where you are if you will begin to use your voice of faith. Stop looking at things outwardly and start concentrating on God is with me. God is for me. He is my shepherd. I will not want. I will praise the name of the Lord and God, the God of Israel, will defend me. He will hear my cry from these places that are secret between him and I. And he will send strength to my life. Praise is something that you and I need to get reacquainted with. Reacquainted with. Let's go to uh, Luke, the second chapter, and verse 8. Luke 2, 8. Somebody say praise. praise. Now you are in this church allowed to just break out and start shouting and praising God because we are a Pentecostal church, uh, though we have been kind of wore down in silence by things that we go through, it's time to throw off the robe and it's time to stand up and it's time to re-see what God did for us and it's time to eat from what Jesus has provided and it's time for us to rise up and move on. Could I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Because we are not where we are. 
we are who God said we were. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. told them to break in anytime they want to break in, so hallelujah. Praise God. I know that you feel like praising and dancing, so we might as well give you an opportunity to do it. In Luke, the second chapter, verse 8, listen to these words. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of a heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards all men. And it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them that in, into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. You know, praise is not just about the moment that you're in. It is about a prophetic moment that you are expecting. Let me say this again. A prophetic praise is a prophetic thing. It declares what is happening right now. But it also prophesies, foretells. It begins to speak of something that is about to break forth Suddenly. Now, this happened seven years after it was prophesied that Jesus would be born of a virgin. His name would be called Emmanuel. 700, about 735 years later, 
prophetic proclamation about a child being born set to bring salvation to the earth. Your praise is a prophetic resounding to your enemies and to your circumstances. Saying you may be here, but God is about to move me there. Things may dry up right here, but they're about to become enhanced over there. I may know, not know what tomorrow will bring, but I do know that the rising of the sun will draw out the praise and the declaration of the goodness of God, for I shall not want. A lot of us have lost our prophetic voice. A lot of us have just succumbed to whatever has been served to us. But really, that's not how we are to live. Remember, we walk by faith. We walk by that which God has declared to be the outcome of our tomorrows. And that you and I need to mix faith with what God has declared unto us. And so when we are in these situations, we need to rise up and we need to put a voice of faith. Remember 2 Corinthians 4, 13 that says that you and I, that we have the same spirit of faith that all of the prophets, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they all had a spirit of faith. It made them a different spirit, like Joshua and Caleb. And you are not an ordinary people. You have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And if you are not ordinary, you are extraordinary. Could I get an amen? You are they that believe that if God be with us, we are well and able. And so, praise is something that God beckons us to do. We have received this spirit of praise that according as we have believed, therefore we speak. What do you believe that God will do for you right where you're at? Do you think he'll be an observer? Do you think it'll be evil? Remember, it is the goodness and the mercy of the Lord that follow us. If you fall a thousand times, goodness will lift you up. You fall a thousand times, even if it's into sin, mercy will lift you up. So you and I, we understand who is behind us because no matter where we go, we do not go alone. Therefore, what do you believe? Do you believe that he is Jehovah? Then in your need, do not complain. Do not worry. Do not fret. 
but by prayer and thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God, and the assurance of victory will settle into your spirit. What do you believe? What will you speak? Will you tell me what the doctors have said? They've been proven to be not truth tellers for years. Amen? One day, you know, you've got this, and the next day, oh, you know, we made a mistake. It wasn't this. How many other people did you make the mistake on? I don't know. Do you believe that God is a God of the impossible? Do you believe that God can turn anything around? Do you believe in the miracle of a highway through an ocean? Do you believe in God feeding a nation of almost 2,000 people with 30 days of quail? Do you believe that their clothes did not wear out? Do you believe that Jesus emptied a tomb? Do you believe that Paul and Silas praised God in the darkest area of the tomb and that the tomb, I mean of the prison, and the prison was shaken and they came out and people were saved? See, it is your praise that's going to make a definition or a defining mark on somebody's life because your praise is your future or past testimony. I praise God sometimes because I remember what he did in situations that look just like the one I'm in right now. And so I know in whom I have believed. I praise God for that. I praise God for an outcome that it does not look like is possible, but praise has a prophetic touch on it that no matter how long I've been there, it's going to break forth, and I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord. Amen.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that if you will believe God's prophets, those that have been inspired to bring forth the prophetic end to your problem, God's declared end to your battle, if you will believe them, so shall you prosper. And what was the venue that they used to express their faith? Second Chronicles 20, they appointed singers to go out before the battle, and they begin to sing the song, The mercy of the Lord endureth forever. He said, you need not fight this battle because it's not yours, it is mine. Let God engage your enemies by hearing from the sanctuary of who you know he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Romans 4, 19. The father of our faith. He is in a conflict. He's been given a promise of God. At this time next year, your wife is going to bear you a child. Now it's past her age of bearing, and the seed of his loins is, as it were, dead. And it says, but being not weak in faith, this is the drawing line. Whether faith is shaken, redefined, reformed, stolen, or driven deep into our hearts, never to be used again. But not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Don't consider what you can do or where you're at. Because God's hand is not short that it cannot save you. And he staggered not, did not waver, was not tossed to and fro, but was rooted at the promises of God through unbelief. He was not shaken by unbelief. What does unbelief do? It is silent. It says nothing. And then it says, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God or another interpretation could be this, that by his praise, the testimony of his words. He unveiled who he believed God was. He spoke an end that was not as though it was. My name is Abraham. God is faithful. And Abraham withstood the assault on his mind from his friends, his wife, 
all of his laborers, all of the people that he ran into. He withstood them by saying, my name is Abraham, the God, that God, the one that God will bring forth a nation from. And people begin to believe him and begin to call him Abraham. Now let's go back to that verse. Therefore, and it says, no, go back to the other one. There, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Abraham combated doubt, the enemy of all faith the enemy of every righteous man or woman, the enemy of even the existence of God. Abraham fought, not from books, he fought right here from the sanctuary of who God had revealed himself to. Who have you seen God as? Who have you seen God as in the midst of your hopelessness? Your praise is a vocal testimony. Testimony. The victorious coming through a test. The victorious journey through a test gives you a testimony. The Bible says that the church went out, they went from house to house, and they were praising God, breaking bread fellowship, but praising God. What were they doing? They were giving testimonies of what God had done by praise, and some of them in the midst of their darkest hour we're still giving praise, expecting a futuristic change. Those people in the house opened themselves up. The Bible says that they were saved and were added to the church as many as were destined to be saved. Praise is a continual thing in the life of a believer. You know, we sing that song, ain't no rock gonna take my place, ain't nobody gonna hinder my praise, but I'll tell you, sometimes it don't take much to get us to stop declaring where we are, who God is, and what he will do in our future. You know, David was ridiculed because he was bringing in the ark in 2 Samuel, the sixth chapter. The Bible says that the ark, the law, the testimony of God, that which he had done, that which he was doing for Israel, and that which he had promised to do for Israel 
lie within that ark, a box. And in that ark, David began to bring it back from the house of a priest that had been blessed. Because David knew that what God had said to one, he had said to all of Israel. David is bringing the ark up and he remembers who God has been on his behalf. God, you've protected me. You kept me from my enemies. You have caused me, God, to be triumphantly, gloriously victorious. God, you have provided for me. God, when I had nothing, you were with me. My enemies, God, have fallen. They've not touched me 10,000 on one side, 10,000 to another, but it's not come nigh me, God. For you have defended me, God. And David got so enthusiastic, he started dancing. And one thing about praise is you just need to lie your dignity down and you need to just start worshiping God. If you want to run, you run. You want to lay on your face, you lay on your face. You want to lift up your hands, lift up your hands. If you want to shout, then you shout. You want to cry, you get a cry. Whatever you want to do to express your faith to a moving, active God in your life.
Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. As we praise God, we do have favor with men. Why? People really want to believe. Do not think that the world does not want to believe. They want to believe. They want to see an authentic faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Peter and John going up to the gate beautiful. Says the man looked on him, hey, could I have some alms? Today in health food time, it would, could I have some almonds? I'm kidding. The Bible says that Peter and John looked upon them and he said, you know what, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have give I unto thee. The Bible says that Peter took him by the hand and they saw the man leaping and walking and praising God. Giving testimony for a miracle. For a miracle. What miracle do people need to hear around you? Each and every person in the sound of my voice has a past miracle. They have a miracle in the making right now. As a chicken egg being incubated by a hen, it's going to come forth. And no matter how hard it seems, no matter how long, how difficult, it does not matter. God will not forsake you anymore than that hen would forsake that egg. Because victory's coming. I wrap up with this passage of scripture in Psalms 150. God doesn't leave us <coughs> void of instruction. When he asks us to do something, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be what? Praise. Praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalms 150, verse 1, praise ye the Lord. Praise, tell people of the testimonies that God has brought you into. In his sanctuary as you gather, praise him, even out under the ferments that his power has made. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with a palestry and the harp. Praise him with the tremble and dance. Oh man, we don't want to dance in church. Well, you danced in the whole dunk bars. You didn't dance for the devil. You ought to dance for God. Well, well, what does dancing like God want look like? I don't know whatever comes out. I, I don't know. David danced so hard, he got clear down to his underwear, down to his loincloth. And his wife said, oh, you made a fool of yourself. Would be to God, we would come back here 
Wednesday night and Sunday morning and we would all be fools. Wear two pairs of underwear or pajamas under your clothes, but that we would be as dedicated, joyful, as excited about what God is doing. Praise Him with the tremble and the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud-sounding cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not only people of faith, we are people of praise. We will not be silent. You will not shut us up. Pressure will not take our voice. It does not matter what you do. We believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We believe that nothing is impossible. We believe his hand is not short. We believe that we shall not want. We believe he will defend his people. Hallelujah. Let's stand our feet. Well, let's sing the, where is Regina? Let's sing that song up. Every prayer in my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wednesday night, we'll see you. Put on that garment of praise. It will erase that old mournful spirit. It'll cause joy to come. It'll break through. It'll bring you through, and it'll bring you out. Come on, let's not be silent. We are the people of God, and God is our God. Hallelujah. Every word of worship with one accord.